0: city hope come on what an incredible story right absolute beautiful story that happened in our church just last week just a beautiful beautiful thing um, I'm so honored that I get to be a part of this church I don't know about you but I just feel such a just an excitement that I get to be here anybody else anybody else second that every campus come on that we get to be a part of this. We get to be a part of life change. Isn't that just an incredible thing? Well, look, welcome to church. I'm so excited that you are here, that you are with us. Um, all of our campuses, all the guys in Mobile, in Foley, Bay Minette, um, our campus at Holman Correctional. It is great having you guys with us today for Simplexity Part 3. Um, I hope you guys are getting a lot out of this series so far. Um, I've heard that our fusion conversations have been pretty good. Anybody having some good fusion group conversations? Come on, anybody. Good. If you don't know it, our groups are just, are uh, like record numbers right now we're having more people connected to groups and um and that is exciting that is what it's all about getting in small groups getting in community and just processing this and going okay what is how does this apply to me how does this apply to my life and um and then we help each other through that and um so real quick because i know some of you guys probably have missed the last couple weeks let me just kind of give you a real quick recap kind of a big picture um of what simplexity is all about um we've kind of talked about just how complex our world is how complicated and crazy confusing and all the messages and all the stuff and what we're supposed to do and who we're supposed to be. And there's just all this stuff on top of normal life complexities, right? Just the normal things that we have to keep up with schedules and bills and all this stuff. And sometimes it just feels like we're overwhelmed. Sometimes it just feels like, man, we're done, right? We just want to cash in, just walk away from it all. But Um, but I got to thinking like, surely God has a better way, right? There's, this is the culture that's telling us all this. This is the world that we live in. Surely God has a simpler way that we should live. And so back in week one, um, a couple weeks ago, we talked about that, that one, that that simple thing was just simply the people that are in our lives. You know, that, you know, we, we kind of said this, or we kind of had this thought of, a fulfilled life is more about a who than a what. A fulfilled life is more about a who than a what. So that when we're at the end of our life, when when all of this is over and we look back, the thing that we're going to remember is not all the crazy decisions we're making right now. It's not all the stuff that we're adding to our life. It's not all the possessions. It's not all the the job promotions. No, the thing that we're going to remember are the who's in our life. It's the people around us. And we talked about, you know, Jesus was asked this really incredible question and and it came from a lawyer and he asked him this question trying his best to stump Jesus and he said hey listen what's the greatest commandment you know and here's Jesus new guy on the scene everybody's like not so sure about him and you know he tells great stories he preaches great messages he heals people and and all these religious people are trying their best to get him and so this guy says hey look what's the most important thing and he was completely expecting to get a thou shalt not all right, here's a rule, here's a law, here's a, you know, some condemning thing. And what he got from Jesus was a relational word. He didn't get this law, this tough thing, these hoops to jump through. I Man, he got a relational word. He got the word love. Jesus answered in this way in Matthew 22. He says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and most important commandment. And then he said, the second one is just like it. Love others as much as you love yourself. It comes back to love. And we talked about, man, at the end of life, man, it's all about loving God. It's about loving our family. It's about, man, have we invested the time? Have we invested the energy to build the family that God wants us to have? Right? To build the life in those people and those little people that God entrusted to us that we're supposed to raise up. Right? Are we doing that? Are we, are, are we putting that time in? Last week we talked about breaking busy. Man, to get rid of this cultural badge of honor, of busyness, that we get rid of that and go, okay, what investment of time do I need to put in the things that matter most? We cut through it all and we say this, man, if we could sift through the complexity, if we could declutter the noise of complexity and get to the simple matter of what is actually important. What actually matters. And so this week, I want to expand that a little bit because we talked a lot about family. We have talked a lot about uh, our, our relationship with God and how important that is and the way that directs our life. We've talked about family and loving and investing there. But today, I want to widen it a little bit more because in most translations, you know, we read from the contemporary English version just then where it says love others. In most translations, it says love your neighbor as yourself. You know, that word neighbor, I know in our, in our context, we kind of think literally the person that lives next to us, but it actually would be much broader to be the people that do life around you. It would be the people that are closest to you. It would be the ones that, you know, you'd call your boy, right? Your girlfriends, right? That's those people that are close to you that are right there. That's who he's talking about. How well do we love them? Because in all actuality, our friends could be a huge resource and help to get us to the future that we want to have, to that meaningful life that we're meant to have, that we're supposed to have. So let me just set it up with just a quick thought. Here's here's the quick thought for today. Every friendship ends up somewhere. Very few end up somewhere on purpose. Every friendship ends up somewhere, but very, very few of them end up somewhere on purpose. You know, most of us would say we have friends. You know, but... Do we really have friends? Do we really have the right kind of friends? Because some of us have friends that we've always had, right? They've grown up with us. They've been around us. We went to school together. Or we've got, you know, the friends that every time they pop around in your life, they just want to have a good time. Or you've got seasonal friends. You've got, right, you've got like frimily. That's like a friend family. I just coined that. Just put that together, frimily, you know? <laughs> Like they're friends because they're family, because they have to be, you know, it's like I'm with them, I'm stuck for life, I might as well be their friend, right? They're not real friends, they're frimily. That's going to stick, guys, I'm just going to tell you. That's going to happen. We're going to catch on with that, okay? But we, you know, like we have these kind of people in our life, but really do we have friends? Because you think about, you know, all of your life, anything that you ever did, typically there was a friend with you right? Anything that ever happened in your life, there was always somebody there with you. So friendships are so important to help us get on the trajectory of life that God wants us to have, the people that we surround ourselves with. Ask yourself this, how many friends do you have right now that have fridge rights, right? That are like close enough that they could just walk up in your house and go straight to your fridge. Like how many friends do you have that are close friends, that are real friends in our day and age. I would say it this way: How many friends do you have that walk in your house and their cell phone automatically connects to your Wi-Fi? <laughs> right? I mean, and they don't have to go. Hey, what's your uh, what's your password? Right? If they just walk right in your house and boom, their phone's connected. They may have been there a couple times, right? And they may be a close friend. But in our society, I don't know if you know this or not, but friendships have gotten super complicated just like everything else in our culture, right? Everything is complicated. The American Sociology Review says this, that over the last 25 years, the average American has gone from having six close friends to two close friends in 25 years. Now get this, this, even, this is even more painful, is that 25% of Americans say that they have zero close friends. So think about that. In the rooms that we're sitting in right now, Mobile, Babinet, Foley, Holman, the room you're sitting in right now, there is one fourth of this room would say, I have zero friends. Isn't that sad? And yet God made it very clear, man, that we need friends. We need people around us. We need those kind of connections. We need those kind of relationships. It's so important. And then the really interesting thing is this, is that, The average American has 338 Facebook friends. (laughs) Just to throw a fun little thing in there, right? Right? It's gotten complicated. It's gotten crazy. We have 338 friends, but then most of us have no friends or very, very, very few friends. You see the world that we're living in? The friendship thing has declined so much for three reasons, and I'm gonna hit them really, really quick. The first one is increasing work hours, right? Divorce rates, right? Because friends pick sides in social media. Social media, which potentially could be the largest one that has begun to change how we do friendship, how we think about friendship, how we interact with our friends. You know, I love technology. Does anybody else love technology? Like, I just think technology is the bee's knees. I'm going to bring it back, right? Like, it's amazing. I love the fact that when I travel, I can FaceTime with my kids, right? I can be right there on a device and I can connect with them and I can be in the same room. I love the fact, and this may have something to do with my laziness, I don't know, but I love the fact, man, that I can order a meal on an app on my iPhone And by the time I get up off my couch and I get to the restaurant, I don't even have to talk to nobody. I can just walk up and grab a bag and then walk straight back to my couch and eat my tacos. (laughs) Right? Like technology is amazing. Technology is amazing because right now we as a church are one family in many locations. There are people watching online right now, hey, right? There are people watching online because of technology. It's an amazing, amazing thing. However, it's affecting our culture. It's affecting our relationships. It's affecting the way that we do relationships. There's nothing wrong with technology, but unless we get ahead of it and we understand that, hey, God said, God said relationships are a big deal. God said friendships are a big deal. Hey, let's stay true to that. Let's have fun with some technology, man. Let's embrace it. Let's use it for God's kingdom. Let's use it for our laziness. Let's use it for whatever we wanna use it for. But at the end of the day, God trumps culture. God trumps technology, right? His word, his things are what's most important. So. Technology has completely changed how we do friendships. Let me just define friendship real quick. Proverbs 17 is a great um, definition of friendship. Um, it says this: a friend is someone you may or may not know well that accepts your friend request. A person born to like and comment on your post so that thou feeleth good about thyself. <laughs> That's in the Facebook version. <laughs> just in case you were wondering. Okay, let's look at the real Proverbs 1717. 17. A friend loves at all times. A friend loves at all times. That's that's as simple as it gets right there. Through anything, through everything, ups, downs, everything, a friend loves at all times. However, technology is changing this thing of friendship. Let me quickly give you three, three ways that technology is changing friendships. One, this term friend is evolving. I mean, it used to be actually somebody that we did life with. It was somebody that we hung out with, that we saw face to face. Now it's completely different, right? Like we said, there are 338 Facebook friends and only a couple people you actually do life with. This term is completely changing. The second thing is this, is that we are becoming addicted to instant affirmation. Right? Whenever we feel lonely, when we feel disconnected, when we feel anything like that, right? It's, we're a quick, unfortunately, a quick selfie away from getting a couple of likes to immediately feel good about ourselves. When on the inside, what you're actually craving is actual interaction. You're craving actual people and intimacy and connection, but this instant affirmation takes its place and it becomes this fake thing that we do. It's an easy button for affirmation. Because I can quickly post something, I can quickly throw something out there and immediately, and then if I get a comment, oh my goodness, they like the shirt I'm wearing, boom, right? And there's like this confidence boost, that's not real. Why, because you don't even know those people. They mean nothing to you. But all of a sudden, because I'm feeling lonely, I can immediately go and I can get this rush, right? And I can immediately feel good about myself. The third thing is this, we have the power to do friendship on our own terms. Right? The fact that I can text people. I love to text because I don't necessarily like to get on the phone, but you know, it gives us power, right? Because I don't have to respond to that text. You know what? I can unfollow a friend on Facebook. I have complete control of this relationship. I can manage it to the T, right? I can reveal as much as I want to reveal or I can reveal very very little. Right? Because it's through a device or it's through, a, through technology, through something, right? And so we've begun to just kind of shield ourselves from real, intimate connection. And that's what we need. That's the people that God put in our lives, that's the people around us that we need to have in our lives. Culture is trying its best, man, to, to change the rules of relationship. Culture, All these things are telling us, hey, this is okay. This is the way it should be. And God says, no, 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 man, listen. You need people in your life. You need face-to-face, real-life connections. This was a big deal to Jesus. Listen to what he said in John 13. He said this, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you so that you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I think it's very interesting that that's the way people know that we're Christ followers. You know, it's not by our theology. It's not by our church attendance. It's not by our bumper stickers. And two-thirds of those are very important, okay? But it's not by those things. No, it's by how we love each other. It's by how we care for each other, how we look out for each other. That's how they will know that we are His disciples. It's crucial. It's a huge thing. Let me tell you why it's so big. It's because we are literally wired for relationships. We were built this way. We were built to have meaningful, real-life relationships. I don't know how many of you guys travel a lot. I get to travel every now and then. Um, Some of you guys probably travel a whole lot. But every single time that airplane lands, the flight attendant comes over the speaker and she says, you can now turn your device off of airplane mode. Now, first off, how many of you guys actually turn your phone on airplane mode, right? Anybody? Anybody? Wow, you guys are so good I would never do that okay (laughs) right but if you do turn it on airplane mode the moment you turn it off in the top corner of your device it says the moment you turn it on it says searching for connection and there's this little wheel that starts spinning and it's looking it's trying to find or it says searching for network maybe right whatever your device is it immediately begins to search Now, listen, that device is almost it's not completely worthless, but there's not a whole lot you can do with that device until it connects to its network. The moment that it connects, that it makes that connection, all of a sudden, there's a, a, just a world of endless possibilities, right? I can download new apps. I can, get, I can get like when there's a buggy or there's something wrong on my device, man, it'll download a fix and it'll fix that thing, right? It just expands the possibilities of what can happen. I can call people, I can text people, right? I can do new things with that device. However, if it never makes that connection, if it never does and that little wheel just keeps spinning, Guess what happens? It drains the battery really, really fast. And I'm limited to what I can do on that device. I'm limited to what was already there, right? Any app that needs a network, forget about it, right? It's pointless. I'm limited to old text, to old communication. I'm limited to old moments, to old photos. I'm limited on what I can do without that connection, right? And of course, it's gotta be the right connection because when that device makes the right connection, man, that little technology, that little piece of, amazingness, right, just begins to hum and incredible things happen. Listen, this is exactly the way human beings were wired. This is exactly the way that we were built. When God designed us, he put a chip inside us that is constantly looking for connection, right? And, and we are just caught, even if you would say, no, not me, man, I don't want to know anybody. That's not true. That's not true. You've lied to yourself for a very, very long time because we are built this way. We are wired for connection. And the moment that we make that connection, man, there's a world of endless possibilities that are opened up to us. Resources and help and just it's limitless what can happen when we make that kind of connection. However, the key is that we make the right connection. This is a big, big deal that we make the right connection. There's a chance that your parents were right when they said that you're gonna become like the friends that you hang out with, right? Is there a chance that they were right? Have you started saying that to your own kids yet, right? Right, there's a chance that they were right because the people that you surround yourself with, the network that you're connected to is extremely important if you want things to work as they're intended to work. It's extremely important. And I would say it this way. You could be one friend away from becoming the best you. You could become one right friend away from becoming the best you, from coming alongside you, from looking at that desired future, looking at that meaningful life and going, hey, dude, listen, I'm in this to the end with you. I'm going to be connected with you to the very, very end. I'm in it all the way to the end. That's dialed in, connected. Hey, whatever battle we got to fight, whatever hill we got to take. Right, whatever we've got to do, I'm in this thing because I know where you wanna end up. I know where your heart is connected and I'm, I'm in it to get you there, right? There's something completely different about that kind of connection than the connections that most of us have. That are surface, that are not real, that are online, that are whatever. But this is the kind of connection that God says, this is what I want you to have. I want you to have the kind of connection to the right network, man, that will get you, that will help you get to your best you. That will help you become the best you the great zig ziglar said this one time said a lot of people have gone further than they thought they could because someone else thought they could (laughs) think about it any like any best season of your life any milestone any any success there was always somebody there with you all right there was always People around you that were helping you. There was always someone there that was cheerleading you. There was always somebody there that believed in you. The the opposite is also true, right? Any knuckleheaded thing that I ever did growing up, there was always another knucklehead, right? Any dumb, stupid thing that I did growing up, there was always another dumb, stupid person with me. Right? Because I was dumb and stupid. We were together, two peas in a pod, and then boom, disaster happens. What if we flip that? And the same thing could be true that when we put the right people next to us that believe in us, man, they could help us get to where God wants us to be. There's true friendship, there's true relationship. Listen to this, I'll expand it one, one more time. You could be one community away from becoming the best you. Because I don't believe that it's just one person, one friendship that God wants you to have. I believe that it's a community God wants you to have. I believe that there are several friends that God wants to put around you that are gonna help you get to the best you. That you're gonna love well and they're gonna love you well and they're gonna help, they're gonna be determined to get you to the best you. Maybe it's a small group, maybe it's a serve team, maybe it's a bunch of guys you work with, but whatever it is, they've gotta be pouring life into you. They've got to be able to pour the real thing, the main thing into your life. It's a big deal. One of the best stories in the Bible, and you see this all through the Bible. You see God using people to help people reach their purpose all through the Bible. But one of my favorite stories uh, is in Mark 2. And it's a quick little story um, that, you know, Jesus is kind of in this town and he's preaching and he's healing and he's doing his thing and he's in this little house and it's literally slam full of people. I mean, there are people just bursting out the windows, bursting out the doors. I mean, it's just, it's craziness. But these four guys come rolling up on this house because they've heard of Jesus, they've heard of his teaching, they've heard of the healings. And these guys are carrying their friend in a stretcher. He's paralyzed. And I love this idea, man, that these guys, they walk up on this house fully expecting and knowing that God Almighty, Jesus Christ, is going to heal their friend, that he's going to get to the destiny. He's going to get to the purpose that that God had for him. And they come up on this house and it is slam full, man. People just rolling out the windows full of people. They're looking over the shoulders. They're seeing Jesus. He's up there doing his thing, but I can't get to him. So check out what these guys do. These guys, some men came and they brought to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him, uh, to Jesus, because of the crowd, check this out, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. A few, chapters, a few verses later, he uh, heals him. Because of their faith, because these four dudes said, bro, I don't care what it takes, I'm getting you there. I don't care what I gotta do, I'm gonna dig through this roof, which is not like our roofs, right? They're literally mud and manure and junk. And these guys with their hand are literally digging through a roof. Guys, think about this, put this in your life. People around you are like, dude, I don't care what battle you're going through. I don't care what you're up against right now. I don't care what, what, what thing is dragging you down. Man, I'm getting you to Jesus. Right, I'm getting you to your destiny. I'm gonna get you to the thing that God called you and put you on this earth for. That is a powerful thing when friends come together and they say, you know what, dude? I don't care what you say. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what you're going through. I'm gonna get you to that spot. What a beautiful picture of this, that friends rallied around another guy and said, bro, let's get you there, man. Let's make this thing happen. Let's do whatever we can do to make it happen. That's a true friend. That's a real friend. That's not a surface friend. That's not an online friend. That's not a work friend. All those things are good, man. That's not an acquaintance. That's not a, no, no, no. All those things are good, man. But listen, you've got to have life giving friends that are determined to help you become the best you. That are in it to the very, very end. How do we build those kind of friends? How do we cultivate those kind of friendships? You've got to become the best friend. That's the only way. You've got to become this kind of friend. You've got to become the kind of friend that looks other friends in the eyes and say, hey man, when was the last time you prayed? Hey man, I didn't didn't think you really should have talked to your wife like that. Hey, I didn't really think that was a very good thing that you did over here. Or hey bro, high five because you are killing it right now. My friend, you are blowing and going. Like, I cannot believe what's happening right now in your life. God is so faithful. God is so big. God is so real, right? This is a friend, not a friend that's like, hey, man, you going fishing next weekend? Hey, man, did you see that? The masters last weekend. That was pretty cool, right? Right? That's cool, man. Have small talk. But man, get into the meat of life. Hey, man, what are you struggling with? What are you dealing with? How can I help you? How can I, how can I resource you? How can I get you over this hill and get you into victory? That's a friend. That's a real friend, man, that's in it to the end so we've got to become that friend let me give you a couple quick ways to become a friend and again these things are counterculture these are completely against what the world says that we should do Uh, the first one is this the first one's right here be present and engaged you know it's amazing that we have this crazy ability to be here but really we're over here are you following me I mean, we have this crazy ability that we can be here, but our minds and our very being is actually over there, right? Either we're connected through a device, or we're just thinking about some other place or some other thing, or we're thinking about a conversation or a Pinterest or a whatever. You know. It's like all of a sudden, we just have this incredible ability to be in a moment, but not in a moment. Friendship begins by being all here. 100% of you engage, connected, listening with your heart and your ears, connected to another human being. Not thumb to thumb, but heart to heart, right? Not just a text, not just a little this and a little that. No, no, like fully connected to somebody. There's a story in the Old Testament where, you know, Moses had already gotten the, for those of you that may not know, Moses is kind of one of the key figures in our faith, right? And he was this this big guy. God gives him the Ten Commandments. He lays out all these uh, laws and the way that the Israelites should live and all this kind of stuff. And right in the middle of all that, he'd already gotten the Ten Commandments and and God calls him back up to the mountain again. And listen to what he says. I think it's very interesting what God says to Moses. The Lord said unto Moses, this is um, Exodus 24, come up to me into the mount and be there. I think it's interesting because this is completely redundant. Come up to me into the mount and be there. He says it twice. He says, hey, come up here and then, hey, actually be here. He says, be fully present. Look at what this word means in the Hebrew. If we were to look at it in the Hebrew, it's actually one word and it means this. And it means this. To abide, remain, to be fully present. God said, hey, listen, I've been hitting you with a whole lot of stuff. I've been giving you a lot of, you know, stuff to chomp on and chew on. But with this time when you come, I need you to really be here. I need you to be fully present. I need you to be engaged. I need you to be connected to what I'm trying to tell you all the way here. Now, obviously, this could run through every relationship that we have. It is so sad to me to be at a restaurant and to see an entire family sitting on devices. Here's an amazing moment, an amazing time in your family's life that you're literally present. Everyone's together. Now, what if you were to put all the devices down and actually be engaged or maybe with your spouse? You know, but it works with friendship too, man. We've got to be engaged to build these kind of friendships because the only way that you're going to get the gift of friendship is to be fully present in that moment. The chirps and the dings and the buzzes and all the stuff that tries to clutter and distract and take us away, you got to put it away and you got to focus because culture tells us that's all important, but it's not important. None of that matters. None of that lasts. None of that you carry on to to the next life. Relationships do. The people that you're sitting with do. The second thing is this, is be open and authentic. Again, in our brand of friendship, in this new era of friendship, it is all about veiled living, covering ourselves, hiding ourselves, filtering ourselves, right? I mean, how many times did you take that selfie before you posted it to make sure it was right? And how many filters did you put on it to make yourself look a little bit better? It ain't the real you. That's the Instagram you, right? Because you just keep layering and layering and layering and the next thing you know. And this is how we live. We begin to live our lives like this. We're just veiled and we're filtered. And this is not the real me. In order to be a real friend, you got to be open and authentic, man. And you know what that means? It hurts. It's hard because you got to open it up, man. And you got to tell real stuff about your real life where I'm struggling, what I'm, what I'm dealing with. Man, I need help here. I need prayer here, right? We have to open these kind of things up and lay it bare before our friends, before these people that we're entrusting our lives to. James five sixteen says this. This is a key scripture. We're gonna go over here. James five sixteen says this, confess, there he is, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Think about that for a second. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Then you will be healed. That's how big of a deal that is. Open up to one another and then so that the healing can happen. So that wholeness can happen. It's one thing to go to God, but man, when you go to a friend and you say, hey, buddy, here's where I'm hurting. Here's where I'm not whole. Here's where I'm struggling. Here's where I'm battling something. This is real life right now. I'm trying my best to get over this hurdle. I'm trying my best to conquer this thing. I'm trying my best to get this out of my life. I need you to help me. It's in that spot that God brings healing into your life. It's when you've got a buddy to go, hey, bro, listen, I'm in this thing. A minute to the end, let's go, let's do this. It's crucial, it's so important because God can't bless the pretend you, right? And your friends, they can't truly help the pretend you. They can only help the real you, the very, very real you. And we tend to think that it's our strengths that impress people, right? We only wanna tell people our strengths and what we're good at and what we've conquered. But you know, it's our weaknesses that connect us to people. You know, it's in those, listen, it's in those really, really hard times of ultimate weakness when someone comes into your life and they speak into that, that there is an immediate bond, right? There's a connection there. But man, I can can talk about my strengths and what I'm good at all day long and there's no connection. But the moment I let the guard down and the real me steps up and I say, I'm hurting, I'm weak here, I need help there, there's an immediate connection. So for us to have those kind of friendships, we have to be that kind of friend. We have to learn to be open and authentic. And the third thing is probably the hardest thing. And the third thing is this, be choosy be choosy. Because just like I said, you could, you could be one friend away from becoming the best you. You could also be one friend away from missing the mark completely. You could be one friend away from missing the mark completely. Um, Jim Rohn says this, and I think it's just an incredible quote. Um, He says, you are the average of the five people that you spend most of your time with. The people that you spend the most of your time with, you begin thinking like them, right? We all know that this is true. You tell your kids this, right? You begin speaking like them, thinking like them. Your outlook of life is like them. And the next thing you know, you are the average of those people. You all talk the same, say the same things, think the same thing, right? When you see something, everybody's right there, right? And there's like almost this secondhand, right? We can finish each other's sentences and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's really cool thing. We've been with each other forever. However, if it's a bad influence, you're headed in the wrong direction. And you're going to miss the mark completely. You know, this maybe is one thing that social media has gotten right because they gave us an unfriend button, Right? (laughs) It's super easy on social media. I can just unfriend somebody and they never even know. But here's the thing, in real life, it's not that easy. But sometimes you have to do it. Sometimes you have to unfriend someone. Here's the deal, man, if I can't take somebody with me to where I'm headed, then maybe it's time to let them go. And you don't do that by kicking them to the curb. You don't do that by not loving them right? You don't avoid them. You're not judgmental, right? You choose honesty. You choose grace. You, you know, there's love and there's affection and there's acceptance and there's, Hey, listen, here's the real deal, buddy. I'm headed one direction. You're headed the other direction and you're pulling me away from where I'm trying to go. So dude, we'll still hang out from time to time. We're still going to be bros. I love you. Boom, boom, boom. But bottom line is, man, I got to get my life together. I'm headed this direction, if you want to come with me, let's do this thing together. Let's live this life together. But man, if you're constantly going to pull me over here, if you're constantly tempting me to live differently than God's standards, if you're constantly trying to get me on a different path than the one that God has clearly laid out for me, then hey, you know what? I think we need to cool it. I'm going to high five you. We're going to see each other from time to time. But as far as a do that is in my life every single day that is part of me, that is close to me, I got to have some distance. One of the hardest things that we will ever do But it has to be done. If you want to get to where you want to get, then sometimes we have to do some tough things. We have to prune the branches, right? We have to get rid of that stuff so that we can make room for new growth, for beautiful growth, for new fruit on those vines, on those trees, right? And it's so tough, but we have to do it. We can't avoid, can't be judgmental. We got to be honest and be full of grace, be full of love, be full of acceptance. But at the end of the day, some of us have to do it. Have to, it's tough. But the bottom line is we've got to become this friend, this type of friend that ultimately, listen to this, that's ultimately not afraid to say, here's where I'm going. Here's the vision of my life. Here's the future that I desire. At the end of my life, I want to live a fulfilled life. And that means I've got to get there. And that's the kind of friend I want to be. That's the kind of friends that I want to have around me that are helping me get there. The only way that we find those kind of friends is by being that kind of friend. I mean, what would it be like to have friends around you that are dedicated and committed to helping you become the husband that you know that you can be? that are dedicated and committed to helping you become the parent that God knows that you can be, right? To be the man, to be the woman, to be the leader in this community, to be the leader in this church, to be a leader in a small group, right? Somebody around you that's like, dude, even when you doubt it, I'm here. I've got your back and I believe it. And I'm with you to the end. The last thing I want to share and then I'm going to wrap up Is this, is that this was exactly the kind of friend that Jesus was to us. Exactly the kind of friend that Jesus was to us. Let's look at John 15 real quick. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master's business does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father. I have made known to you. Jesus was determined to get you to the desired future that God had for you. So much so that he went on a cross so much so that he literally laid his life down for you, his friend. Just think about that for a second. I mean, all that we're talking about is, man, what if we had people around us that were, that were determined to help us get to where we're supposed to get? And that's exactly what Jesus did. He literally laid his life down so that we could be one with God, so that we could live a fulfilled life, so that we could love, so that we could be loved. He laid everything down for us. That's true friendship. That's the real deal. As we walk out of this place today, you know, I don't know how many real friends you have. I don't know how many life-giving friends you have. I don't know how many friends you have around you that you would say, man, that's what I need. That's exactly what what he's talking about. That's exactly who I need in my life. You may not have any, you may only have one or two, but I'm telling you, you've got to begin to develop these friendships. Friendships real friendships, real life, blood, heart-to-heart friendships that can help you get to that desired future. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. And I pray, God, that you would uh, just help us walk out of this place different, just with something in our mind, a person, a thought, a change that we need to make. God, something in our heart. And I pray that we walk out of this place today and we change it. We actually do it. God, we live it out, we do something different. And Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you modeled this, that you modeled this brand of friendship, not this new, um, you know, new 2016 brand of, of friendship, but God, you modeled true friendship. Jesus, you came to this earth, you walked this earth and you died for us. You went on a cross for us just simply because you love us and because you want us to be connected to your Father. And Lord, we love you so much. Jesus, we love you so much. If everyone would just keep your eyes closed for just a moment, I just, I feel like we've got to ask. If you're here and you just say, man, I, I need that friend. I, I, don't, I don't have any friends and I definitely don't have a friend like Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity today before we leave to, to meet Christ, to meet Jesus. I mean, I honestly don't feel like any of this other stuff works in your life until you meet Jesus. I mean, he is the reason for every bit of it. It is because of him that we sit here today. It is because of him that we breathe. It is because of him that we can have joy in our hearts. You have to know him. If you want to make it in this world, you have to know him. And I want to give you the opportunity right now at every campus, at every location, if you want to meet Jesus Christ and make him your best friend, I just ask you to slip your hand up real quick. Go ahead, every campus, every location, raise your hand real quick right now. There's a couple hands, several hands all over the room, every campus, only the CPs, are lo- the campus pastors are looking around. Listen, we're gonna pray this prayer together, every single person that raised your hand, and I just ask that everybody pray this prayer. Let's pray, Jesus, I need you in my life. I'm tired of doing it on my own, and I completely surrender my life to you. Jesus, forgive me of trying to do it on my own, living the way that I've been living. I surrender all of my sin to you. I surrender all of my purpose to you. I surrender all of my life to you. I want to live for you, Jesus. I want a I friendship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give those guys a big hand?